Welcome everyone to Fire and Water, the podcast, coming of age in this age, where we seek to cultivate wise leaders one show at a time. We're your hosts, Quinita Robertson. I'm Tennyson Wolf. And today we are going to have a conversation about uh, being the difference between being human beings having a spiritual experience and spiritual beings having a human experience, and what's that got to do with fire and water and leadership and initiation and some of those things. Hi, Quinita. Hi, Tennyson. That seems like a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, will you, you know? make some sense of that, please? <laughs> well, I, I just think that, you know, that that core belief system on whether we believe that we're human beings that sometimes have spiritual experiences or that we're spiritual beings that are having a human one changes everything. It plays in the background of all the decisions we make, how we move through the world. I think it's connected to initiation because I think part of what initiation asks of us is that we move from being earth-centered and led in our decision-making to being spirit-centered and led in our decision-making. So that's a shift I think happens in our um, process of growing up into, you know, our grown-ass selves. (laughs) And, um, and I've just, I'm just thinking of it a lot now, especially as we're all having more time to sit and be with ourselves of how we're making meaning of what we're in at the moment. In a coronavirus way, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. We have more time to sit and be with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I think there's some parts of this that feel really clear for me, and then there's some parts that feel fuzzy. and some of the really clear for me is just the general orientation. If I, if I only get to choose one orientation, you're either a spiritual being having a human experience or a human having a spiritual experience. I'm going to choose the spiritual being having a human experience. Uh, and in your language, I, I think there is something about the, the initiatory expansion that's possible. I, if I relanguage it a little bit, it's like part of what happens I think through an initiatory experience is we go from one set of perspectives that might be a little bit more narrow and then get a little bit bigger or our capacity gets a little bit bigger with them. We're able to sort of carry forward some old stuff and yet have a a broader perspective. I'm also just thinking a little bit about, yes, coronavirus, because that's the pandemic situation within which we live and there's so much that's going on. Um, where uh, it, it's hard not to hope for like a, you know, a, a kind of awakening or a kind of humility, I find. Uh, we as human beings, just who we are and what we think we're up to when our, uh, our lifestyles have been altered so much, there ought to be some learning. Uh, there is some deep learning, you know, that a lot of people are in. And I think the framing that is not just adapting to things like how am I going to get more toilet paper, but adapting to (laughs) the spirit, some, some, you know, more spirited part of that. Like how, how am I oriented towards fear or how am I oriented towards scarcity or how am I oriented towards sharing what I have? Those are the more potent kinds of learnings to me. Uh, I think the other piece that I would bring in, Quinita, is I find myself wanting to just be in the context of uh, having a meeting or having a, a gathering with people, a, 
outside of coronavirus I'm talking about, mm-hmm. where you and I and some other people, we get to be involved in hosting these meetings and hosting conversations that are so much about creating connection and about creating some inquiry and some curiosity and some community. And when people come into those things, and I think they're more oriented to give me a tool, give me a methodology, and they're almost trying to absorb that or consume it or transact it, what that overlooks is what I think is you know, the more interesting or more important stuff. People get connected with one another. They get super excited. They feel like, oh, this is, uh, you know, something really good is happening here. I think when that happens, when meetings go that well and people go, whoa, that was good. That was so authentic. That was so honest. That was so, you know, so helpful. I think what's happening is the sort of spirit to spirit things are taking you know, getting an extra role in, in, or, or getting a more apparent role in, in uh, the context and in the container that we're creating. I think you're right. And I think, you know, um, we use the circle way in a lot of the work that we do. Yeah. And we were on the way to um, doing a, a workshop one time driving up the highway and you asked me, so Q, why circle? <laughs> and my response in that particular time was, because I think our souls are desperate to meet each other, but our ego doesn't know it yet. Mm. And I think oftentimes in coming together in our work and in the, you know, if we pull it down, someone will ask us to come and do work with them and they'll ask us to um, come work on strategic plan with my people or come work on whatever with my group. Um, And there's a hunger that I'm finding these days that's more than just that request. And, you know, and part of the reason that I feel that is, first of all, because I, I do believe that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And so for me, I have a core belief that if they've called me in, they're looking for the gifts that I bring. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that happens to be a gift that I bring. Mm-hmm. And so like one group I was with recently um, said, one of the p- participants said, you know, I thought I was going to come and get and leave here with my job description and my roles and responsibilities written mm-hmm. out. But what I found is I've left with the agency to write my own. Oh, beautiful. And that to me is the difference between the human beings sometimes having spiritual experiences and a spiritual being having a human one. Because of course, they both affect each other. But I always say often, I'm a so what kind of girl. (laughs) And I think the quickest way to move something is the spirit to spirit connection. Mm. Yeah, good. I I just, I love those experiences uh, that you and I have had with the people that we've worked with and a bunch of others, things that you've done and things that I've done. There's something super rewarding to me when, when people use that kind of sentence that you just said, I thought I was coming for this, but what I really got was that. And often that, that to me is, uh, you know, I thought I was coming for a training. I thought I was coming for learning a set of skills. I thought I was coming to listen to a few presentations. And what I got was mm, so much more than that. Because I think they're, they're like finding the language for uh, what I got was like intimacy or what I got was love, what I got was connection. And, uh, and that's pretty cool. I was at a workshop. Oh gosh, this is almost 15 years ago now, um, where it was a, a group of probably 30 or so 
Yeah. Oh, this was an art of hosting. It was 30 or so. And one of the people that came as a participant, I think she might have been a little bit more assigned to come. <laughs> and uh, so she came, you know, with, uh, I think she had crossword puzzles in her bag. And I think she had uh, uh, some knitting and she did do the knitting, you know, that was a, that was sort of a good thing for her as we were sitting in a circle and the many formats that go with that particular gathering. But in the end, you know, we're doing a little checkout circle and she, she sort of disclosed, like, I came thinking that, oh my gosh, this is going to be boring and I'm, I'm just going to sit through this and I'll, I'll just work on my crossword puzzles. And she said, I didn't get to one crossword puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. And uh, I'm willing to point that in the direction of saying something was going on in that gathering that animated that person's spirit or welcome more of that spirit to be in the room, legitimized it, you know? So often it feels like that's what I think we're doing. We're trying to create these, these contexts and formats where, where spirit isn't something you put away. Yeah. It's something we're, we're actually calling out and meeting with one another. Well, and I think it's people like often will look to us for permission. Yeah. You know, to, to kind of step into their spiritual selves, I guess. And, and not even, um, that sounds a little strong, but even just that they're not just these robots doing jobs, right? We have a spirit that we bring into the work that we do. And just yeah. the permission to say, you can bring all of who you are here. And we need that. It's yes. not just you can, we need yeah. that. Yes, here. that it's essential to, you know, that you've cut off parts of yourself, <laughs> yeah. which doesn't really serve. You know, yeah. we've been living with this belief, I think, as a, just as a community, a larger community, that you're supposed to, you know, leave part of yourself at, at home and then bring this, your work self to work, you know? Yeah. And I often will tell groups that if you think you're doing that, it's just because you're not conscious that you're bringing you everywhere you go. You can't leave part of yourself. It's not like a jacket. You don't just leave it at home and then you show up. Yeah. Why do you, how do you, why do you think we got ourselves into these circumstances where people feel like they need to leave themselves at home and bring their work selves to work? I think because, well, if we're just talking about this country, mm -hmm. I think it's because, um, we started off this country from a place of wound mm. that we have, you know, the settlers who came to the country mm. were running from their, mm. you know, from, from England and they had, they brought their own wounds and then they transferred that pain. And so we just keep transferring our pain over and over to each other. Mm. And, and you can't, continue to do that and really be connected to your feelings and your spiritual self. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why I think initiation calls for us to step mm. into our spiritual self. Cause it's like, it's calling us to wake up, right? Like you can't yeah. keep doing this. It's not sustainable in the long, long run. Right. Yeah. Um, and instead of just dumping the pain back and forth at a certain point, we have to pay the piper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more awake, these are words that I relate to in this, more awake, more aware, uh, there's more going on than we think is going on, even when it comes to just the simplest of things that people are trying to do in teams and organizations and communities and groups and all of that kind of stuff. So to, to me, anything that moves us in the direction of more awake, more aware, 
perhaps more consciousness, more kindness. I relate to the flow of life stuff also, more flow with life itself. Those are things that animate more than just technical skills in us. And I think people are just starving and super, super famished. You know, they're hungry to, uh, to, to experience the surprise of being welcomed as more of the whole being that they are. That, that turns out to be a, a, rather, uh, a rather spiritual kind of thing. I think so too. And I think, you know, with the group that we're going through with fire and water, mm-hmm. one of the things in their initiatory journey, first of all, it's a journey. And I think of it often in terms of like a vision quest mm-hmm. where you go out and what vision quests ask of you is that you move from being earth centered and led in your decision-making to mm-hmm. being spirit centered and led in your decision-making. Now that doesn't mean that you ignore your earthly needs. You know that they're there. But if you're, you know, off on a journey um, and or a vision quest and you're not eating what you would normally eat, you're praying, your focus is on the spiritual, that's what leads. Mm. And I think that an initiation, that's what it asks of us. It asks that we make that shift, mm-hmm. that we make the shift from leading first with our earthly needs to leading with our spiritual needs and know that our earthly needs will be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, do this on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour basis, not just save it for the weekend or save it for that moment when I get everything else in order. Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. can't wait for that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, all right. that's great. Uh, anything else to say on this for now? No, I just think that I like that you what you just said about doing it, you know, on a daily kind of, it's a practice. It's our practice of of meeting ourselves, you know, again, I'm one and my bias on this is I believe that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And so for me, everything that shows up feeds into that, you know, and not, and not in like staying in, uh, you know, in the clouds kind of way. I'm a real practical kind of girl too. Like, so what does that mean here? How does it affect what we do here in our everyday life? Yeah. The question that you and I are asking so often is for, for, you know, we're inviting people to notice and observe and, and uh, see things deeply within themselves or external also, and then say, what's that got to do with who you are and who you're becoming? To me, that's a kind of question that you know, direct some energy and attention into things more spiritual or things that are just beyond, you know, the, the known of, of, of a perhaps more narrowed human experience. So I, I definitely relate to the um, spiritual beings having a human experience. And as it pertains to fire and water, I'm just really loving how our people, yeah. our people, <laughs> I feel, feels fun to say that our people are experiencing this and committing to this. I see them really working extra layers of intuition, extra layers of embodiment, um, going outside of the norm, you know, like, like, you know, snapping back into old routines, but then very deliberately jumping out of some of those routines. Also, I, I think that's part of the, whew, the deep journey that, that people are in. And I feel really grateful for the way that folks are doing that. And I also think whatever spirit is, or whatever <laughs> your word for it, or whatever, <laughs> that spirit 
um, is big enough to be uniquely designed for each of us. Mm. You know, that I think that our human selves can't comprehend, you know, really well. <sighs> too much for the brain. It's too much for the human brain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for me, it makes total sense mm -hmm. that spirit would be uniquely different for each and every one of us. That's beautiful. I am so glad, Quinita, that we're cultivating this between ourselves here and the people that we get to encounter both within the Fire and Water program and some of the other good folks that we're getting to work with and convene with. Anything else before we wrap up for today? No, I think that's good. Thanks. I appreciate it today. And thanks to all listening uh, for your support and your curiosity and your good wonderings, all of those kind of things. Uh, commitments basically to coming of age in this age. If you'd like further information on fire and water, the shared website that Quinita and I have is fireandwaterleadership.weebly.com. You can also find Quinita on her website, nizuzu.com, and me on mine, Tennyson, at, excuse me, tennysonwolf.com. Thanks for today. Thank you.